0: This is season one, episode one of romcom com the podcast that gives you the scoop on every ingredient in the best and worst romantic comedies. Today we're talking about what makes a meet cute, cute. I'm guessing most people who found this podcast are well-versed in the vocabulary of the romantic comedy, but in preparing to launch, I discovered that my mom didn't know what a meet cute was. So for all the anyone's out there in the same boat, Here's how Laura Jean defined it for Peter Kavinsky, who was also innocently ignorant. A me-cute is when the hero and heroine meet for the very first time. It's always in a charming way. It's how you know they're going to end up together. The cuter, the better. Seems only right to begin our examination of rom-coms where all great love stories start, with two people meeting for the first time. Does a cuter first meeting really make a love story better? Does the story feel incomplete if we miss the initial introduction? And what elements make the best meet cute moments? It's time for some rom-com decon. All right, welcome to our episode today, and we are talking about meet cutes i have my friend krista here with me hello as my guest host and i'd like to begin by having my guest host tell us just what their
1: three favorite rom-coms are starting at number three okay so i am such a rom-com gal oh my gosh it's ridiculous and I can't get enough of 13 going on 30. Oh, who can? And the funny thing is, actually, I bought it before watching it ever. Really? Because a friend recommended it that highly who knew me well. And sure enough, it's been one of my favorites ever since. Yes. Dreamy Mark Ruffalo. Oh, so cute. And just their relationship <laughs> is goals.
0: Absolutely, Yeah. I've, like always wanted to just like do that little dance with the, on the rooftop in New York mm-hmm. City, and he hands you the flower, and it's just there's so many little cute moments in well, that movie. And what
1: I like too is how much her innocence and bubbliness, granted because she's like actually 13, um, but how that translates into a sweetness in the romantic relationship where he's been a little bit more embittered by life, and I think that that is what draws him to her at that stage
0: in life, you know. Right, he wants to remember what it was like to be 13 and in love with her, and right. who she was before everything changed. Before she became one of the six chicks.
1: <laughs> yes. You can't have a seventh, six chick after all.
0: <laughs> you really cannot. <laughs> uh, and your number two favorite rom com, you've got mail.
1: Ugh. Everybody loves you Got Mail, I would hope. (laughs) I watched that every day, almost, my senior year of high school. Like, it is just a winner. And I've seen different, like, the different iterations that it was adapted from. And I don't, I mean, there are things that I like, but let's be real. Like, Margaret Sullivan in the one with Jimmy Stewart, Shop Around the Corner, like, she just bugs me. (laughs) I mean, I'll take Jimmy Stewart over Tom Hanks any day. No offense, Tom, but... (laughs) Um, but I just love You've Got Mail, how it's that whole, like, they hate each other, but they love each other, but it's so clear that they're just perfect, and yeah, it's just a winner. I mean, you yes. can't go wrong.
0: I mean, the Nora Ephron lines just sound so mm-hmm. good coming out of Tom and Meg somehow. It's just meant to be, yeah. so. <laughs> and
1: it's funny seeing how inaccurate, like, how dated that is technologically nowadays. Yes. It's a thing with a lot of rom-coms, actually. You look back at some of the plot points just, like... In the day of smartphones, I don't know that that would only really work.
0: Right. But it's our very own pillow talk for like the 21st century. Pretty much. Of this was a piece of technology and that's not how we do it anymore. Exactly. But we still get it enough that it's quaint and fun. So Always. All right. Your number one
1: is... The Philadelphia story. Woo! Really lovely! Count it as of a rock course. Comes. But there is such a love triangle with Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn. Um, But, man, the dialogue is so snappy. Like, every time I watch it, I just am blown away by, like, oh, yeah, this is why this is my favorite movie. You know, (laughs) it's just so good. Is it your favorite movie of all
0: time or your favorite rom-com
1: exclusively? Great. But it is legit my favorite movie of all time. And it's just because it really explores human nature in such a deep way. But I just love that love story between the childhood friends and you know that they're meant to be together, but she's got to get past you know, all of her issues, and he's clearly still in love with her, even though he's got his stuff, and I just that idea that people are imperfect, but they're still going to be lovable, and uh, I don't know, I just it's just cute
0: it's great i was raised more a little bit on high society the musical yes. version also a winner with so bing and Grace. great and frank. i know that philadelphia story is like the original mm-hmm. and like still the best but high society i go back to that soundtrack a lot and listen oh. to it so louis Good armstrong times. how
1: can you wrong yeah
0: bing frank <laughs> It's delightful. It's a winner. Uh, all right, good. Let's jump into talking about Meat Cutes. Uh, first, with a little trivia game I've got for you. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, all right, so listeners, this is how it works. This game is called Three Word Meat Cutes. Uh, I'm going to describe a Meat Cute in. Guess what? Three words. And you, Krista, have to guess the movie. Um, if you need a hint, I have three options for you to guess from, okay. and then we'll just move on to our deep dive into the five movies we watched to talk about meat cubes. Excellent. Okay, here we go. Number one, a brother's Christmas coma.
1: Oh, obviously. Um, I can, for the cover, <laughs> Bill Pullman Sandra Bullock. Um, while you were sleeping. Yes. I want to stay sleepless in Seattle and I'm like that's not the one. <laughs> this one as it has the word sleeping <laughs> in it. No, yes. Yes, uh, while you were sleeping.
0: Great. Uh, all right. How about this one? It has uh, a musical clue for you. I'm mm. not a singer. Forgive me. Those uh, summer uh, nights. Of Greece, obviously. <laughs> yes. So an off-screen meet-cute but later described wonderfully through song. So. That's true. Summer <laughs> lovin'. Had me a
1: blast. Uh, let's see. What about runaway garbage bin? Oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I am blanking on words today. Words are hard. Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, The Wedding Planner. There it is. Yes. Great. I love that one.
0: Huh. So great. Yes. I feel like that one was aired on TBS so much that even if I didn't love it at the beginning, I saw it so many times that I just came to love it.
1: Oh, that one would be like number four or five on my top great. list. Like it's a winner. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, I needed a cup of sugar the other day and I thought of that line that oh. she said. Nancy Pone or whatever her random neighbor is. That she, yeah, I was having uh, M and
0: M's the other day, and I thought about how the chocolate the ones, brown ones. Are, <laughs> the brown ones are have less artificial coloring because chocolate's already brown. Except that's not true, J Lo.
1: But thanks. But hey, thanks for playing.
0: Fun rom com philosophy. It's true. Uh, all right, how about this one? Boiled Swiss water. Oh, boiled Swiss water. I'm going to give you the three clues. It could be return to me. It is return to me. Yes, I think the best scene in that movie is their meet cute. Matchy matchy
1: green green matchy matchy green squared.
0: So many quotes in my family. Um, What about winter resort karaoke?
1: Oh, high school musical. Yes. From good. Obby.
0: <laughs> Even teenagers need a need, need a meet cute. Uh, all right. Uh, here's a little bit of a deep cut maybe. Columbian
1: Mudslide. Oh, that is a trickier one. I don't know that I know that one. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you options.
0: three options. Is it just go with it, romancing the stone, or 40 days and 40 nights?
1: Romancing the Stone. Is that like the the one from the 80s? Yes. Is it Romancing the Stone? It is Romancing okay. the Stone. That was my first guess. And then yes. I was thinking, <laughs> conflating it with the family stone. Mm, right. So that does make Which sense. Which is
0: like uh, Diane Keaton and the mother As of the, the mother. family at yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Great. Okay. All right. I've got a few more on here. So let's do this one. Combative road
1: trip. Oh, I feel like that could be so many. It
0: could. But we did... Have it on our list for today and you might have just oh, when watched harry it harry met sally obviously <laughs> yes so that combative road trap is how harry met sally and finally i'm going to end with this one i'm damon bradley oh my gosh
1: i love this one so much only you yes yay robert downey jr back in the day <laughs> i that one so remember back in the day when you went to a video store yes <laughs> i know i'm dating myself here Um, But we had a warehouse video just around the corner, and my mom and I would rent that so much, at some point I finally bought it for her, because I was just like, why do we rent this all the time? (laughs) Just buy the dang thing. But every time I watch it, it just... Oh, it's so cute how he just is not Damon Bradley. But boy, he's going to play that part so yeah. that he can just be with Marissa Tomei. It's true. And their extended meet-cute of,
0: like, he finds her shoe and then he lies about who, what his mm. name is. And then they just go
1: on that, like, romantic uh. journey around Rome. And I'm like, yes. Seriously. <laughs> and also, does anyone else have to chuckle anytime they see Spider-Man movies where it's She's Aunt May and he is, uh, he's Iron Man. And then he makes those comments about like, oh yeah, your aunt and I go way back. Yes. And I think actually, I think that the actors did date at some point. Like they legit do go back. But I always, it takes me back to only you. <laughs> yes. Like, I think oh yeah, that- they had a thing in Italy. Like they should totally b- wrap that in the right? script somehow. <laughs> that time Aunt May and I were running around in Rome together. Right.
0: Her shoe was lost, you know, all of those things.
1: Yeah, uh, And I always think about Italy. What's my wife doing in Italy? <laughs> yes. And this Bonnie
0: Hunt, a delightful yes. rom-com friend always so great. to the end. <laughs> uh, for this episode, our media list included five movies, and I'm going to run them down here for you quick. Sleepless in Seattle, which was chosen for this episode because the actual me cute happens at the end of the movie and the entire movie leads up to it. Fifty First states because her brain injury requires him to set up multiple meet-cutes throughout the movie. Serendipity, because the meet-cute takes up a significant portion of the beginning of the movie and it has to be so cute that you want both of them to leave their current relationships to be together. Uh, what's Up Doc, because she is the pursuer in this case rather than he, which is typically the case in a romantic comedy, and When Harry Met Sally, because it's... Well, the title is literally, let's talk about meat cutes and it makes a clear case of the opposite should attract situation. So Krista, here's an easy one for you. How do you yes. feel about meat cutes Are you a fan?
1: I love a good meat cute Oh my <laughs> word. Because it's a story, right? Like I'm a professional writer. I love a good story. And I feel like a meat cute is a way that really makes the relationship something that the readers, the audience, whatever, is rooting for from the beginning. You know, like, you want it to start out memorably. And we're all hopeless romantics, aren't we? Like, who doesn't <laughs> want a meet-cute-for-their-own-life story? I'm my, definitely a fan. <laughs> my favorite thing is asking couples, what's your story? How did you guys meet? Because there's something to that origin story. I think it's a really powerful thing. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, they've got to make them memorable in movies, right? Yes,
0: absolutely. I've, I even remember learning in college in like a family science class that the way that you think about your origin story with your partner, spouse whatever like that has a significant bearing on you know the length and um, health of the relationship down the road so the more that you see it as a positive and important moment in your life the more that you will um, fight for that relationship to stay so any favorite uh, meat cutes we haven't already talked about, or
1: that aren't on our list of five movies? Oh my gosh! I was <laughs> just thinking about one earlier, and now of course I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> um, give me just a second to like flip through a little list here and see if it was on there. It was. I'm so mad at myself. That's I all right. To... I'll go into one of mine, and yeah, then you talk about you yours,
0: and uh, think about what yours is. Um, I really happen to like the MeQ in the movie IQ, which is a lesser known, but also features Meg Ryan, who's a big part of our list today. Um, she's, uh, I like her character in general. She's a scientist, mathematician, um, and very, uh, intelligent. And she meets a mechanic who's just like instantly in love with her. The moment he sees her, Tim Robbins is like, oh my gosh, we should be together. I saw our future together. And... He kind of uses that to uh, keep trying to get in with her, so I like their meat cute. Um, so we—this is maybe an obvious question, but it will help us dive deeper. Why do rom coms keep using the meat cute? You? And you've already touched on this a little bit. Of oh like, my gosh. you and need that, that
1: orange in story. And that brought to mind. when I was thinking, <laughs> great, about. what is it? Thank you. I literally could picture having this thought process in my head. The holiday. Ah, oh, yes. And what I love about the holiday. This is what I was thinking about, is he talks about the meet-cute formula, remember? Like, the older gentleman who's the Hollywood, and how the meet-cute is such an important thing, because they have, like, meet-cute. But there's three good meet-cutes in that movie. Right. Because you've got the Cameron Diaz meet-cute with, of course, hunky, hunky Jude Law in Mm. England. (laughs) Yes. Which is such a funny, (laughs) random. Oh, my gosh. So dreamy. But then you also have the Kate Winslet, Jack Black pairing which starts out as a friendship and it's just this warm companionship that evolves into more. But then you have her meet cute with the little old guy and it's just adorable and how that friendship becomes so central to her storyline and encouraging her to become her only leading lady in her life. And I think that's what helps her to really step into this opportunity that she has with the Jackpot character instead of you know, being so smitten with that crappy guy. back in Yes. The oh, so. Rufus Sewell. He's the, the worst. man we love to hate. The worst. <laughs> He's always a bad guy. Um But I feel like the, the storyline for Meet Cute just works because it establishes a lot about the characters, I think, from the beginning. Whether and you can, it kind of establishes, it sets up the dynamic between the two, right? And that's going to be central to the plot of the entire movie. So it helps you to kind of figure out like who are these people and how do they play together so is it an opposites attract relationship is it a negative combative relationship initially like when Harry met Sally which by the way I know a couple that was like that they (laughs) couldn't stand each other and they've been married for oh my word like 40 years or long time like long 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 time but they totally have very different personalities. And it's a friend's um, in-laws, actually. Right. But I become friends with them. It's one of those where I'm like, I'm friends with with the parents, with the family. And they're just so cute, you know? And then you've also got the Meet Cutes. I don't know. I just think about Meet Cutes in my own, among my own circle of friends. Like everybody has a different story, you know? But that story is such a special part of what connects that couple. You know, it's it is where the story of us begins.
0: Yeah, and beginnings matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to think also that rom coms are obviously like the good parts versions yes. or the important parts versions of love stories and so that's a significant moment and you have to show it and it has to kind of have the seeds of why this relationship will work or what will be the dynamic of this relationship and without that um it's difficult for the audience to root for it and to want that relationship to keep going
1: totally like you have to you've got to get the payoff and you have to have that investment on the part of your viewer like if they're not invested in the story then you're, you're not gonna grab them, and it's not gonna be compelling enough to draw them through the entire tale.
0: Um, so let's say, what are the rules and expectations of rom-coms? So I've got a couple things on my list. I say that usually the meet-cute either occurs as part of their normal routine or takes them by surprise, which are kind of opposites, but that's usually, it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. And maybe that encompasses every moment of your life. Like you're either going about your routine or something disrupts it. Um, But it's kind of both, I think. Um, What other rules or expectations do you have for a meet-cute? Like what makes you go, that was a good (laughs) meet-cute?
1: I think there has to be something in the interaction that is extraordinary. You know, it's not just going to be a very transactional, boring kind of an interaction. It's going to be something that stands out. Um, Whether it's a conversation or... You know, like the the story that uh, Meg Ryan's character tells in Sleepless in Seattle of her meet cute with her fiancé, where they ordered the same sandwich, right? But his was on white and hers was on wheat, or whatever it was, and they got each other's wrong order. But what are the chances that they would have that same sandwich order, you know? Right. Like where that fits into the very everyday routine, but catching you kind of off guard. Right. You know, um, I think that the s- most solid meet cutes happen when you're not expecting it. And it's just kind of like, oh, well, that's a thing. Like, um, the Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey meet cute, like we were talking about. Right. <laughs> where, I mean, a dumpster, like, is going to knock her over. And then she's saved by this handsome doctor. And then, lo and behold, like, she ends up being his wedding planner. What are the odds? <laughs> um, but. Right. You know, I think that the the take them by
0: surprise moment is sort of like, it's almost like the writer slash the universe of the story saying to the character's. All right, we're taking a left turn now. You better be on
1: this train. But you've got you to get this. <laughs> I think the other thing that has to happen besides just like the interaction is you've got to have that chemistry there, which is funny because in normal life, that's not always evident the first time that you meet somebody. It, there can take some getting past layers to really get to know somebody. But there's got to be something special in that moment for it to be that cute meet cute is where it's like, oh. Clearly, there's something there, even if they aren't seeing it. Absolutely.
0: Um, And I think it also, it's sort of like this unwritten rule in romantic comedies that the meat cute comes at a moment when the characters are ready for it, or when it's a now or never moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So back to Sleepless in Seattle, um, her, it wouldn't really be her meat cute but her Initial interest in the Tom Hanks character comes right after she tells her family, I'm engaged to Bill Pullman. And then she's in a car by herself listening to this radio show and starts questioning everything. Yeah. It's a now or never moment for her. That's a good um, great. So when has the trope of the meet cute really not worked? Do you have examples of like, this isn't your greatest
1: example I wish that I had some good examples of when it doesn't work, but those don't stand out as much as the ones that do, obviously.
0: Um, The one I wrote on my list is 500 Days of Summer, which I know the movie says it's not a love story. It's a story about love. But... But it
1: kind of is, because it has moments.
0: It has its moment. It's definitely... I don't even know if it's fully a rom-com, necessarily. But... Um, they definitely show the story of their relationship, Mm -hmm. and I think this movie deliberately leans away from the meet-cute of they just meet at work, he sees her and likes her, he's not really brave enough to, like, fully Mm -hmm. ask her out, she just, like, kisses him one day by the copier, but it's trying to show that there aren't always, like, those super cute moments, and you don't see her meet her eventual fiancé, you don't even really see her fiancé, uh, slash husband, but she says that it worked with him because it was what wasn't right with Joseph Gordon-Levitt was right with this guy. Yeah. So there wasn't a meet cute with Joey Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but there was off screen with her hmm. and someone else. So that's an example of one that's like kind of pointing out why these have to work, I guess.
1: Almost. Well, and one of the things I do love about that movie is that it is a more relatable love story. Because it is a very... Because it's not your typical Hollywood one. My One of the things that sticks out to me most in that is when he's got that scene in his head of how this interaction is going to go. Because we all do that. Mm-hmm. And then the reality of it juxtaposed. And it's like the reality never lives up to this fantasy that we create in our head. But then back to the whole meet cute idea. Is that always the case? I don't know. I feel like sometimes... We build up like, I want this neat cute in my life, but that's Hollywood. But then it can happen in real life. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Kind I have a funny,
1: funny thing. <laughs> I think a lot
0: about, um, are you a fan of the Mindy project? The show, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on and off I've watched it, but the first episode she presents that whole like, I met Bill Hader in an elevator and my hair fell down and our hands touched and we tried to pick up the files and I knew this was a meet cue. And then obviously things don't work out with Bill Hader. And it's sort of like she's presenting that philosophy, but also trying to undercut it and say that, like, as cute as the story seems and as much as it fits those expectations in your mind,
1: it's not always, like, the outcome that you wanted. That is 100% true. (laughs) I've experienced it. You can have a really good meet-cute and it doesn't actually carry through. So why is it that in movies, they generally do? I mean, it's rare that you have that solid meet-cute and a rom-com. And have them not end up together. Right. Because then you wouldn't get the payoff. Right. I mean, you generally
0: don't make romantic movies where the couple doesn't end up together. Right. Um, So is it because they're, I mean, cherry picking fictional stories where they end
1: up together? Or or is that just the wish fulfillment, right? right? Like, that's what we all want for our lives. And so that's what we're going to root for on screen. That's what we're going to pay money to go see. Right. Um, oh, another like less traditional, but I think it actually is really good is, isn't it romantic? Mm, Speaking yes. Of, <laughs> because she's got that coworker that's obviously the good match. And yet it's then she finds herself in a romantic comedy. And of course, it's the Hemsworth who is, you know, her leading man. But the whole time, even she's just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is not reality.
0: Yeah. And I. Um, That brings up a good example of kind of, there are lots of movies where the meet cute of the ultimate couple isn't actually depicted or even described sometimes. Mm -hmm. We don't know 100% how she met the Adam Divine character. We just know that they met, like one of them was dating someone or whatever at the time, and they never really like crossed the like friends to friendlier barrier And there's obvious interest on his side, but she doesn't see it as a possibility. And so we don't see their meeting, but we see the strength of their relationship.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, and also I think about like, so Christina, who is my roommate and who's a longtime friend of Whitney's. She's known her longer than I have. We were watching Falling in Love, the Netflix Mm, movie recently, (laughs) which we told the plot line of point Boy point accurately to Christina's parents at one point who had seen it and we had not. Mm. It's that predictable. (laughs) We totally nailed it. Um, So we finally watched it while we were doing holiday baking prepping for our party a couple weeks ago. And um, one thing that we didn't like about Meet Cutes in that is the dynamic where the woman, the female lead was so negative toward the man. Like she was so not having it. And he was nothing but polite and charming and kind. Just as, like, a human-to-human level, he's a contractor, and she's looking to renovate a historic inn, and she's seriously going to be like, child, please, I don't want your help. <laughs> like, there was no reason for her to be so rude, so it was just kind of a funny... And it was interesting how they did the luggage thing, because isn't isn't that how Leap Year the meat cute is? I believe so. I'm not I a was huge very much... Leap
0: Year fan. Because <laughs> Leap
1: is not that good. No <laughs> offense. It'll probably but... be visited at some point on this podcast, but... Maybe not positively. That's another one of those where I'm like, for some reason, something in that just yeah. doesn't. I like quite the work.
0: cast of that. I like the concept I the of actors. it. Execution didn't
1: really work for me yeah. for something whatever just falls reason. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, I. It's interesting that you bring that up about falling in love, which I haven't seen, but I know the genre Mm -hmm. which i think is a subgenre of romantic comedies the made for tv romantic comedy a la hallmark which i'm a big fan of but sometimes not always like a sincere fan sometimes uh this is fun to make fun of fan um but i that's one of my biggest gripes about hallmark movies is that so often the female lead is just like kind of grumpy and brusque with the male lead and he's just like kind to her and like into her because yeah. she's beautiful and
1: ambitious i guess and why would you ever have that <laughs> dynamic in real life right. Like, why would she be so negative and why would he be so kind and patient right i'm sorry but if i treated a guy like that i don't think he would just stick around for my good looks although they are fabulous and all um no one i can't imagine just treating somebody like that off the bat either Right. It undercuts I mean, the believability of the really meet-cute and the whole relationship. Just, it creates, creates such a contrast that it's almost unbelievable that the pendulum is going to shift that much. And I feel like in a good Hollywood meet-cute, um, it is it is going to be something that's more believable. There has to be conflict. Conflict is what creates and drives the story forward. Um, there has to be some sort of an obstacle that they have to conquer whether they conquer it together or whether it's in conquering issues in their own relationship you've got to get past that to have any momentum but you know it still has to be believable at the beginning that it can have the payoff in the end if it doesn't work in the beginning then you you're not going to have that believable character arc and journey yes and the journey is where the magic happens
0: (laughs) Yes. All right. So let's dive into the five movies on our list specifically. Um, We're going to start with When Harry Met Sally because it's about a meet-cute essentially and how that meet-cute becomes cuter and cuter in their minds the more their relationship develops. Um, Krista and I actually just watched this together and it was the first
1: time she had seen it. So Krista, reactions to the meet-cute of When Harry Met Sally? It was darling, but it's so funny because... I mean, they start off where the very first time they ever meet, he is totally sucking face with his college girlfriend there. (laughs) And then she's in this awkward position of like, uh, okay, let's go. And there's so many misunderstandings. And yet, you know, they stop at that restaurant on the road and they eat. And by the end of it, the way that he's looking at her, um, I even commented commented to Whitney, like, wow, like you can tell right there, that's when he's into her, that it clicks And just that tenderness and that awe that he has of like, you're actually pretty great, even though initially they were butting heads. And I'm I'm guessing that kind of rings true throughout the dynamic. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think uh, the brilliance of When Harry Met Sally uh, comes down for me a lot to the writing of Nora Ephron and the way that she Um, creates such fully realized and detailed characters that in those first you know 10 minutes of them taking a road trip from Chicago to New York, the moments that we see, we see his quirks, we see her quirks, we see how both of them react to each other's quirks. We see how that's creating conflict, but also like, I'm kind of interested in why this person is the way that they are. Um, And so it sets up the whole movie. And then obviously their meet-cute concludes with them having a conversation about can friends men and women just be friends what if they have sex will that ruin everything are men and women ever really friends and that's the central you know theme of the movie yeah um, that they go on to explore obviously so i think there's just some some brilliance in that one harry met sally that makes it one of the, you know the most memorable meet-cutes and rom-coms
1: generally so well you know what i was reading an article about it because admittedly that's one i actually haven't seen so watching uh the beginning and end here with whitney was my first time i know i really should see it (laughs) and now i want to even more um but the point was made in this article that i was reading that it strips it down to the essence where it is only about their relationship and their romance like even when he asks tell me your life story she doesn't dive into any backstory she you know says nothing's happened to me yet So in the movie, you don't really know anything about the characters' histories. You don't really know if they have siblings and where they grew up and like those basic kind of information because that's not relevant to the story. Which is interesting because you said they're such fully formed characters and they are in the heart of their humanity. It's not, you know, they don't need this huge exposition because it's, it, the magic happens in that ens- essence of who they are and the right. chemistry. Right. And chemistry is everything. Yeah. Everything <laughs> in a romantic comedy and in romance in general. Like it's that magic that comes when these two separate entities play off of each other and how do their personalities fit and how do the quirks fit? Like right. that's what makes it interesting. You want to have that dynamic where you one of my friends described it as she would date guys as like an anthropological study at one point in her life. But I've loved that idea. It's like you want to just explore like what makes this person tick. And when you can see that in a movie where you're, the people are different and enough that they can play off of each other, it makes for a fun fun story. Yes,
0: definitely. Um, great. Um, my last question about when Harry met Sally, do you think they're opposites or quite similar based on the, the moments that
1: you saw, the beginning and the end? I think they're both. Um, I think that I think that he is very out there with like what he thinks and feels where she was very much like, "Oh, no." Oh. But I think she probably actually agreed with him more than she was willing to admit in the beginning stages. Um, but I think that they both have their anxieties and their quirks and their hang-ups and that's they may be they may manifest differently. But those are similarly kind of what hold them back. Yeah,
0: they have enough of both where they're not the same, but they're not completely different, that they can see the world from the same vantage point and appreciate the other person's point of view. Yeah. After they have plenty of arguing. Of course. (laughs) Uh, All right, great. Well, let's move on to another lovely film featuring our girl Meg Ryan. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. So... The meet-cute happens at the end here, top of the Royal, the Empire State Building. Which doesn't get any more meet-cute
1: <laughs> than that with Jonah and the
0: bear. Right. I feel like this is sort of like the whole like New York City, top of a building. It's become almost like, because of Sleepless in Seattle, like the ultimate like meet-cute like declaration of love moments. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so what makes us root for them f- throughout this movie, even though... You never really see them interact until
1: the very end. Because of the parallel and connection that you can see between the two characters that we all can see independently. Like the thing about the baseball player and how they have the same favorite baseball player or whatever that Brooks was. Robinson yes. is the greatest. thank you. Yes, <laughs> that. Um, and you can just see how their characters would so go together. And it's funny because Jonah gets it. He totally sees it, but it takes convincing his dad. And I like also that the main characters share a skepticism for that even being able to work. You know, like she's fighting herself on it. And why is it that Meg Ryan always seems to play a journalist? I'm just realizing, (laughs) Um, which makes my little journalist in a Nora Ephron movie. Maybe because
0: Nora Ephron herself has plenty of journalism background. This is very true.
1: (laughs) Very very true. You write what you know. but I just love where Meg Ryan's able to slip under the guise of, oh, I need to do a story about this, you know. And something that gives her the reason because really she has to like lie to herself to even be willing to step out of that comfort zone and to do something that is so off the charts. I mean, to go stalking this guy who she's <laughs> never met, but she heard on a radio program. And let's not forget that she's engaged to Walter. I mean, formal name, Walter, but it's still Bill
0: Pullman, 90s Bill Pullman, my dream man. So dreamy.
1: <laughs> Even, ah, but he is, like, so nerdy and just, like, and the, I I mean, there can be cute nerds, don't get me wrong, but, like, his character is just, blah.
0: Yes, you know. I mean, it's true. I think that this movie walks, I think that's one of the most difficult things this movie does, is walking the line of making Bill Pullman, like, likable, but just slightly less likable than Tom <laughs> Hanks it's so true. that and they also let him let her go at the end rather and they give him that like redemptive moment of uh you know getting married is hard enough without going into it with such low expectations that he's just so wise and sees that you're like oh, I almost wanted to stay with you, but also we've been watching this whole movie and she's in New York on Valentine's Day and she might as
1: well go to the top of the Empire State Building. Obviously. See if Tom Hanks is up there with his son. When in that moment, I honestly find myself rooting like, I hope you find that kind of love too, Bill Pullman. You deserve that kind of love. You know? Definitely. Meg Ryan's just (laughs) not your, your match. Yes. So you mentioned Brooks
0: Robinson. I also think that Uh, there's a couple other moments her mom mentions the idea of magic and then yes and uh, peeling the
1: apple quicker. yes i think about the peeling apple the apple, apple all the time yeah. because
0: she doesn't know that that's something that his wife did but the audience knows there's that dramatic irony of like oh, we know they should be together because she peels an apple the same way his wife does <laughs> which is like not really a valuable life skill but does thing. mean
1: something but you know what that actually can translate into real life with rom-coms so or like meet cutes and whatever uh um, one of my cousins his wife told me once about how they just had all these really weird, quirky little commonalities of like fo- family vocabulary and nicknames and just those <laughs> things where it was like, oh, you're cut from the same cloth as I am. They are very much two peas in a pod. And they this is the second marriage for both. Hmm. And the first time around wasn't and they could see the contrast between the two. And that's always stood out to me of like, there's just something to that where it's. That common ground and it feels like home. Which is what he says, yes. right? That's where that whole idea comes from. Someone just feels like
0: home right. to you. The first time I touched her, mm-hmm. she was getting out of the cab and I just knew that I was home. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Nora, you've written some great oh. films for us. Can she just write my love life, please? <laughs> well, it would be delightful. Um, last question about this one. Are they actually getting together at the end. So we see them meet. It seems like things are going well. Oh, they Do they better. come down in the elevator and he goes, well, I'm a Republican. And she goes, I'm a Democrat. And they never talk. Not that that's what should keep people apart,
1: just as an example. May I mean, it worked for Arnold and Maria until it didn't. <laughs> um, no, that's a fair point. I mean, obviously we would like to see that, you know, the curtain falls and scene, and they live happily ever after, right? That's how these stories have to end. Well, what does reality look like? What does happily ever after look like? I would think that they do end up together. But also, like, bicoastal relationship, right? right? I mean, she can get a job in Seattle. There's tons of newspapers in Seattle. Or he's going to uproot his kid and move back east. Like really? There were reasons
0: they were considering this being a problem, and they pointed them out multiple times in the movie. But Jonah get also out the map, smiles Jonah. at the end <laughs> and just kind of looks at the camera like... This yeah. is it, guys. I, we I did made it, it. happen.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, they were MFEO, so, that's true. I mean. They were.
0: <laughs> All right, and our next movie we're going to talk about is What's Up, Doc? So this is a movie that, Krista, you said you hadn't seen uh, very recently, but you have seen. Yes,
1: I watched it in college as part of either a film class or a History of San Francisco class
0: one of the two (laughs) and it's a good uh part of both so i picked this one because i personally just love it and i think that there's some great back and forth bantery chemistry um but i also love that barbara streisand is the one who approaches ryan o'neill and she does the pursuing in this
1: movie and i very much think that that is a product of its era right like, you've got the women's lib movement going on in the 70s. Because this is, what, year, like, 77 Something around there. Sometime in the 70s. And so, you know, it's very, like, women are equal. So, of course, why not have the woman do the pursuing? But also, that does fit into the screwball comedy aspect of it, which is a very much a genre unto itself. Because um, if you think back to the classics, like, bringing up Baby or... Um, the Lady Eve, I think it is with Peter or uh, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda, yes. Yeah. Um, it is the whim- the woman who makes things happen. You've got this brilliant but bumbling woman, and then you've got this kind of daft professor type who's not quite cluing in to what the romance is. Like it kind of flip flops the gender roles to a degree, which is what makes it so amusing to watch, um, and it <laughs> kind of plays to. Some of the women's cleverness that maybe they wouldn't, in a way, if they were the one being pursued, I guess. Right. Uh, And I love that this
0: movie um, has lots of little moments when she shows up and just keeps... Uh, pursuing him so she's
1: tenacious
0: throughout the course of the movie she steals his fiance's uh, name tag and goes to the musicology conference under her name she shows up in his hotel room in his bathtub when he comes home for the evening she's upstairs um sleeping on a piano when he goes upstairs for some reason she's there waiting for him at the airport and then obviously at the end she's on the same airplane when he's flying home thinking how sadly um, said he's going to be without
1: her. <laughs> because she's enrolled in the university to study with him. I mean, talk about just setting your sights and not letting it go. From the moment she sees him on camera, like, she is just zeroed in on him and remains so the entire time. Which is funny, because she knows nothing about him at that point. Except, obviously, I mean, that Ryan, Ryan O'Neal. He's hot. <laughs> this is not a question. But it's interesting how you know i think about like in contrast to when harry met sally they had 12 years of friendship under their well okay not a full 12 <laughs> years of friendship but 12 years of knowing each other and a good chunk of that in, of friendship before they end up getting married what's um, what's up doc is over the course of what like a handful Three of days, days maybe yeah <laughs> it's so quick and yet she has completely uprooted her life by the end to go be with this guy like and he's willing to lean back on his airplane and say did you
0: happen to know that i love you i, <laughs> I love it where he's just like how
1: did did how did you know <laughs> she's like well yeah obviously can't find a tidal wave i love that line oh my gosh yes i need uh, to use that in my life someday
0: uh the one thing that i do wonder about with this general arc though um he repeatedly tells her, hey, I'm engaged, I, th- we can't be doing this, and she just keeps pursuing it. Obviously, that's not something I would encourage in general. Well, it doesn't I mean, read as well in the atmosphere of the time we're
1: living in right now, 2019. Right. Also <laughs> very true. Um, but I do, the thing about that, and they, they very much set up this in the movie, like his fiance's clearly not the best match for him. She's overbearing. Her name is Eunice. I mean, <laughs> no offense to any Eunice out there, but like that is not your romantic comedy leading lady name versus Judy, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that they make it. And Eunice runs off with somebody else in the end. So clearly she wasn't that invested either. Right. I mean, if they she tie could go, everything up really neatly. <laughs> yeah, no kidding um spoiler alert sorry <laughs> but it's a romantic
0: comedy I think you could see the, And as a movie is older the, the than I am coming. yeah so. spoiler alert for a movie from I looked it up 1972 72
1: so, <laughs> that's right um but yeah I think it's always a hard thing right you have to have it seems like in every romantic comedy not every I guess most there is that third party um, in fact, I've seen memes going around about the Hallmark movies where it's like, my fiancé's a workaholic, so it's okay that I cheat on him, <laughs> which is terrible. Right? Don't do that in real life, people. My fiancé's name is Eunice, so it's okay that I let Barbara Streisand flirt with me in a
0: drugstore. Right. <laughs> like,
1: not actually okay in real life, people. But um, for the sake of the story, it cre- again creates a conflict because there is this other established relationship, and so then the... The romantic lead comes in as this disruptor. And how is the main character going to go with that disruption? Again, Sleepless in Seattle follows the same formula. Serendipity also. Right, which, which is sorry, right where we're now. going. No, that's great. Let's total. jump to it.
0: Uh, serendipity. I think this one kind of parallels Sleepless in Seattle a little bit because there we do have that initial meet-cute, but then there's not really interaction between them until the very end again, yeah, which is not the case with most romantic comedies. There's a lot of like... Okay, seen together, break apart and talk about it with your friends. Seen together, break apart and talk about it with your friends, kind of thing. Which we, is
1: more like real life? Yeah. Be honest.
0: <laughs> yes, that's generally how my re- dating relationships go. I'm with the person, then I'm not with the person. <laughs> Talking
1: about the person. Yes. Debriefing with everybody. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, what made you think of serendipity in comparison to uh, what's up, Doc?
1: So, with serendipity. Um, Oh my gosh, now I totally forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you're But, fine. I mean, I think it's the same question, too. Is their meet-cute
0: strong enough oh. to compel people to root for them through the rest of the movie? And
1: I was going with they had, were in other relationships. Yes. So, again, you have to be rooting for this meet-cute that's strong enough that you want them to leave the people they're with to be together again at the end of the movie. And that's a pretty big deal, you know, in, in uh, serendipity – I mean, granted, her, like, hippy-dippy musician guy. <laughs>
0: John Corbett, I love you, but oh this gosh. is not your, like, most lovable role.
1: <laughs> and then he's with that beautiful woman, and aren't they getting married? Yeah. they're, like, getting married. Um, 13 Going on 30 is another one where it's, like, down to the wire with the altar. Right. You know and, what? I mean, Reading to his planner credit, also.
0: Mark Ruffalo chooses to continue to be with Wendy in that timeline of the universe. so
1: Which is so admirable, yes. actually. I love that they turn that on its head where it's like that actually is the morally correct choice. Yes. Where a lot of these, it's a little bit like, yeah, but that's not. Right. But because you, of love, you can do whatever. Right. <laughs> but then also they set you up where you can see where the couple should be together versus their respective partners. It's like just not not flying. Right. Um,
0: To go through Serendipity, their meet-cute specifically. So they have the initial meeting in Bloomingdale's over the gloves. Uh, They make up a story about someone who is her boyfriend but will soon be his girlfriend. Uh, They end up uh, each taking one glove. They go for uh, hot chocolate at Serendipity Cafe. And Which I finally
1: went to on my last New York ah uh,
0: delightful. I just have Any to.
1: Uh, I've never been so what's the what's to it, know about it? It was delicious. They are known for their hot frozen hot chocolate, and it's called Serendipity Three. And I was so confused like is there one and two? But it's because there were three founders, mm. so they started the shop together. Great. And it is just darling. We ended up in the upstairs, so it was a different part of the cafe, um, and. You have to each order a certain dollar minimum to oh. eat there. You can't be splitting stuff, but it's fabulous. It's very nice. overpriced, but it's just you know, part of the... An experience. But I love serendipity. I love the movie. Right. And so it was one of those where I just had to. Yeah, of
0: course. Every time I
1: see Cassiopeia, I think of this movie and her freckles, you know? Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, so they uh, then they separate... Uh, He realizes he's left his scarf. He goes back. Oh, that's right. And and then he's like, oh, I guess let's do something together because she had failed to give him her name, her number, any way to contact uh, her again. And so then that's when they go skating. Um, Which and is so adorable. He makes the freckle Cassiopeia WEm whatever perspective you're looking mm-hmm. at it from. Um, and then he's like, okay, you have to give me your number And she tries to. it blows away in the wind and they get she they do the elevator game where she's like, we'll go in, you'll push a floor. We'll both end up in the same floor and if that's true, then we're supposed to be together. They push the same floor, but he's in an elevator with a small child who pushes all the buttons. Dressed like the devil. Yes. And so they don't actually um, end up together. But you as the audience know they should have been together. They push the same floor. She didn't wait long enough. All of those things. And so... I do really think it's got a strong case for like
1: these people should be together. Well, and also doesn't she give, her, she writes her information in a book and then yes. it, like if he ever gets it and isn't there a dollar bill? Like yes. So, so they exchange their information yes. in that way and send it off into the universe. Right. And if it falls back into the correct hands, then obviously somehow they're meant to be together. Yes. But what I love is that they have that set up at the beginning. And then it flashes forward however many years. Is it like 10 years? It's a fair uh, of time. Like five or five, so. I'm not sure on the exact maybe. number. But a good chunk of time. Her paradigm has shifted so much during that time where she's just like, I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in love that way. Where before she had just been like, oh, it's meant to be or it's not meant to be. And so it's interesting how it really is like that innocence of that faith in things working out a certain way at the beginning that comes full circle for her because it does actually work out that way where she's kind of lost that and become very pragmatic in the interim. Mm -hmm. You know, and he is one who is, you know... Wasn't he kind of the confirmed bachelor? Obviously, his best friend is, like, the confirmed bachelor.
0: Right. I mean, they say that he has a girlfriend. Significantly, at the beginning, we don't see either her boyfriend or his girlfriend. So, we don't really have a face to, like, feel bad about when they're, like, obviously getting it, uh, hitting it off together. Um, But... He seems like he's just kind of dating and not, like, in a relationship that he feels really strongly compelled to stay in. Obviously, if he's jumping into right. this Kate Beckensdale relationship. Right. Getting a crush on someone else's right. girlfriend. <laughs> right. Uh, Good. Um, Do you feel like you side more with one person or the other in their meet-cute? Does it make one of them more sympathetic than the other? That was what I was wondering when mm. I was watching this most recent time
1: um i mean i'm just rooting for his take on things because it's adorable how he is just smitten with her right
0: and he's like the you take know? action let's do this now this means something to me kind of guy yeah. which sometimes feels like a rarity yeah uh so it's nice um just the fact that it's christmas time and it's like snowing and they go skating
1: does that add oh, to the so magic of I mean? I mean, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> it is such a romantic hollywood new york moment there you know just central park and and the craziness of shopping during the holidays and what <laughs> yes. are the odds that they would want the same pair of gloves like right just so many little things that make it just kind of magical absolutely
0: all right our last movie is Fifty First dates which i gotta say is one of my more um One of the movies in the Adam Sandler canon that I'm more fond of, but there are definitely parts of this movie that I just truly, it's not my style. I'm not really into the, like, Sean Astin bodybuilder. I'm not really a fan of the veterinary assistant of his who they, like, can't decide if it's a man or a woman. And he's um, making crude jokes at that expense of that person. Um, But the heart of this movie is that this man loves this woman so much after, you know, minimal interactions with her that he's willing to keep setting up meet cutes with her just to spend time with her uh what's your thoughts
1: on 51st dates love it like it eh. it's it's a little more eh but i do love that part of it that, yeah how romantic is that that he can see something enough in the connection that they would just keep connecting over and over again um and obviously adam sandler and drew barrymore have good chemistry I'm much more of a wedding singer fan. Really?
0: I love That's like my the least favorite of theirs together. Really? I think more because I love 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 the ending of that movie, but all of the lead up like her the boyfriend she's actually dating i like despise that character but that's not how
1: you're supposed I to know. Because, and she
0: you can see that she and robbie are good yes, together but glenn's a tool <laughs> yes uh but yeah i i mean the end of the wedding
1: singer makes the whole movie worth it oh, but yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not my favorite
1: <laughs> uh, fair enough yes um but with 50 first dates yeah just the romantic idea of you know, with each interaction, he's just falling deeper and deeper in love. But how would that play out in real life where for her, it's a blank slate every time. And so like, how much does she have to just trust that, you know, her past self had fallen for him or she gets the chance to fall every day, but There's a little Groundhog's Day element to that.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a definite Groundhog's Day, uh, but it's like time is moving forward. Whereas in Groundhog Day, um, obviously Bill Murray has made one set of uh, like first impressions on Andy McDowell. And then he has however long he's stuck in that time loop to become a better person and show her, hey, I was just grumpy yesterday versus like, hey, I'm actually a grumpy Terrible person, yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I like that uh, Adam Sandler just keeps coming back and back Mm -hmm. and back to it. I do always question, like, would you really believe if you watched a video of, like, P.S. You don't live in Hawaii anymore. We're in Alaska. I'm your husband. We have a child. Like... What would it be like waking up five months pregnant, not with any recognition of
1: that relationship
0: that's gone on? It would that would just be horrifying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it makes me wonder, like, is that actually a thing? Like, do people really deal with that in in reality? I mean, my guess would be that the Adam Sandler depiction of this type of relationship is
0: not how it ever really well, exactly. is. Exactly. Uh, but um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Remember Sunday. Which is a Hallmark mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. It's kind of like this, but I call it Fifty First States with the sad version, where oh. uh, Zachary Levi is someone who has a brain injury that's co- led to his having short-term memory problems.
1: Actually, I think and sure then Alexis
0: Bledel is someone he meets who they like start falling in love, but again, um, he has more of a system where he's like aware that this has happened to him he wakes up every morning and reads like a little file that says you had a brain injury this is what happened call your sister if you need anything I have kind of totally thing seen that one and yeah. so but then at certain points he doesn't um, write things down or parts of his notes get erased or whatever um and that feels a little bit more like a realistic depiction of mm-hmm. what would happen in this type of relationship but either way it definitely seems like a huge obstacle that's Overcome for the happy ending, obviously, right. um, and it's just fun to have multiple meat cutes in the same movie. Yeah, so <laughs> it is darling. Um, Which one is
1: your favorite uh,
0: of these five that we've talked about, or of the Adam of Sandler the, the
1: meat cutes?
0: No, oh, uh, of the meat cutes. Oh, Gosh, um, I mean, I really love the end. I love that he has that little video that she watches. Yeah. Um, I. Ooh, gosh, what did I write down? Uh, I love, you know what, I don't know that I have one specific one that I love the most. Mm -hmm. But I love that some of them don't work. That you realize that even when there is chemistry there, that sometimes that initial meeting isn't always, like, the perfect thing that leads to, like, let's have a relationship kind of thing. Right. Um, Because that gives me hope that, you know, you don't have to have, like, the perfect moment. And if you don't have the perfect first moment with that person, then... You've blown it like yeah you still have that chance to keep interacting with them and see if you guys click together yeah
1: so. have you seen oh my gosh it's rachel mcadams and dom Domal gleason uh where, about time yes, yes. <laughs> because he changes the timeline and then they don't meet right and then he's trying to recreate that meet cute yes and it, he gets it wrong a few times right there. yeah Like, it's interesting to think about that same thing. Like, again, what if it didn't quite happen that way? Would it still... It yeah. still works. It's an intriguing question. That very sliding doors moments. Yes. To harken to yet another yes, I know. Rom-com. Romantic comedies—they're always going Their into the life, philosophies
0: of love life. and what makes people get together or yeah. not.
1: <laughs> what would be your dream meet cute if you could script one? Oh
0: goodness. Um. You Here know... I am interviewing
1: you. Sorry, but uh,
0: this is not a hint for any listeners out there um i like the idea of a meet cute where it's a little bit less of like a wham bam like we ran into each other and more of a oh here we are like going about our lives and we've um found that we've met up at this point Mm -hmm. um so a little bit more just like a natural you're going about your routine and suddenly there's the person you're supposed to be with kind of thing um I love a good elevator scene. I love, honestly, let's say this. I'm a big fan of like the old Hitchcock train movies. Ooh. So let's think North by Northwest style. I'd love to yes. be paired with someone at a train for dinner. And then we find that we just have a great conversation and mm-hmm. want to keep doing it for the
1: rest of our lives. I like it. <laughs> so there you go. Do you have a dream meet cute, Krista? Um, I think... Similar to that, in that, I don't know, like, I'm a journalist, right? So I think more of reality of what's happened in my life than, like, what I would script. Right. Not as creative as I wish I were. But I will say my favorite personal meet-cutes in my own life have been those where there was the interaction and knowing each other for a little bit first, and then something is a Mm game-changer. You know, like... Um, there was this romance that swept me off my feet big time. And I had known him for a considerable amount of time prior to that. He just hadn't let his guard down in a way that he did in that moment that totally when he went for it. Because he realized I was leaving town. And so if he didn't make his move, there, his opportunity was gone. He told me that himself. And so he just jumped in with both feet. And it was like, you know, Hollywood worthy. Um, or another one... Where it just was somebody that was an acquaintance and then one conversation changes everything and leads to late nights talking and, you know, just romantic moments.
0: Yeah, a meet cute at second sight, which suddenly becomes yeah. oh.
1: And hey, I like that. There's something sweet and almost kind. <laughs> and the fun thing about that is there's a little bit of a baseline of understanding that person too, where it's not like a deep dive, but at least enough familiarity. That when that game-changing moment comes, it's not like a, I don't know who this person is. Which movies, I'm always like, you don't even know them. Why are you kissing them like that? <laughs> it's like in Frozen where um, Anna is swept off her feet by Hans. And Elsa's like, you can't marry someone you just met. Are you crazy? Um, so I feel like that's a little bit more realistic. That love at second sight. Absolutely, I'd rather not have like the Beauty and the Beast type that you were right. kind of hearkening to. We don't need
0: any like Stockholm situations no, going on. No, no, but, no, no. But, but it is nice when someone you already know and enjoy shows you that you can know them and enjoy them even more. Yes, so. in a
1: different different way, different yes. level. Great,
0: Krista. Thank you so much for being here. My
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has awesome. been fun.
0: I'm almost to the end of my first episode, and I have just a few moments of business here. Starting with a preview, the first season of Romcom Decon will focus on romcom tropes. I've got 13 episodes just like this one to lead us from first glance to true romance. For the final segment of each episode, I'm also going to share a memorable yet pint-sized rom-com moment—a flavor of the week. These movies are often described as predictable and shallow and a whole bunch of other unflattering adjectives. And those evaluations are often right and we'll dive into the less positive side plenty. But the fact remains, rom-coms can also be thoroughly enjoyable when they're made right. They stick with you like the calories in a pint of Ben and Jerry's. This week's chosen flavor is a meet-cute between a hero and the audience who's going to root for him. Think back on when you see... Topher Grace's character, Pete, for the first time, really, in Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Before this moment, we already know he loves Kate Bosworth, and he manages a piggly wiggly grocery store, and he lacks the confidence to pursue her openly. But we also see scenes of him making a sandwich at home, singing along to Barry White, petting his dog, and reading Flannery O'Connor, Intercut between this display of the personality of a total catch, we see outwardly handsome Tad send home a random girl, awkwardly interact with his maid, microwave a pre-portioned meal, and watch TV alone. Now, to be clear, I've had both of those Friday nights to some degree, minus the maid, and neither by itself is a bad thing, but the way movies work tells us that these aren't out of the ordinary evenings for our hero and his nemesis they're examples of a pattern imagine these moments as a blend of a tinder profile and an insta story which guy would you rather go on a date with and for me it's all about the personality don't mistake my endorsement of this scene for a total endorsement of the pete character he may be great at making his time alone fun and making sandwiches by flipping the mustard bottle upside down but he still has a lot of maturing to do Uh, On the other side, though, despite Ted Hamilton's smile and his sincere desire to become a less self-centered person, I still root for Pete to get the girl because of the charm and actual sincerity he exhibits in that very white, listening, dog-petting, short-story-reading, sandwich-making moment alone. Give the scene a rewatch and let me know if you agree. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about forced proximity and the five movie titles we're highlighting are Groundhog Day, Overboard, Mainly the Original, Set It Up, Romancing the Stone, and Walk Don't Run. Until then, get a hold of me at romcompod at gmail.com or at romcompod on Twitter. Tell me if you liked this week's game, if I left out your favorite Me Cute moments or if you have something to say about rom-coms.